welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, as part of the Chagas and ICBF Breeding Week, I'm joined by Chagas researchers Nikki Byrne and Alan Toomey to give an update on the Dairy Beef Index and insight into its impact in the future. We've heard a lot in the past two years about the Dairy Beef Index, Alan. What is the Dairy Beef Index? So the Dairy Beef Index is a breeding index that is designed to identify beef bulls that are for the dairy herd. So dairy farmers can use the uh, Dairy Beef Index to select their beef bulls that are easy calving, short gestation, but also have good beef merit that allow them to have a saleable calf. As well as this, it can be used by pedigree breeders that are breeding um, sires for the dairy herd. So they can use the higher dairy beef index sires on their cows, and this would produce um, um, improve uh, dairy beef index in the national population for future generations. You mentioned there the ease of calving and short gestation. What else is the dairy beef index composed of? So the dairy beef index is really composed of two main parts. And like you said, one is calving and the other part is beef merit. So there's approximately a relative emphasis of um, 50% on both of them, um, where calving is your calving difficulty and your gestation length. And this allows the dairy farmer to have uh, uh, lower calving difficulty and also um, to have more days in milk. And that's why gestation is really important to the dairy farmer. But on the other side, you have your beef merit, and this includes carcass weight, carcass conformation, and also ensures that there are uh, a high probability of reaching their carcass spec and confirmation um, spec as true to the factory guidelines. So the index, uh, so before the index was launched, it was always dairy farmers selected solely on calving traits because that's what was important to those. And I suppose we led, that led to a decline in the beef merit of beef bulls being used as there's a, as this would, as you would expect, easier calving bulls usually would have a lower uh, beef merit. But what the dairy beef index says is selecting for the two traits, calving and beef together, it allows to identify those outliers, those beef bulls that can actually um, have, our, have both attributes. So they're easy for calving and also have good beef merit. And at farm level, is the dairy beef index, is it delivering easy calving for the dairy farm and is it producing a high carcass merit carcass for the beef farmer? Uh, it is. So um, studies have been done in this and we've, I suppose, they looked at uh, sires of two different sire types. So looked at easy calving short gestation sires, if they were just solely picked on that, and also looked at a sire group that were picked just in the dairy beef index. So these two core the groups would identify what would have been selected in the past based on calving and where your dairy beef index is what we hope is the beef sires that are will be selected going forward in the future. There was very limited difference in the calving performance of the two groups. So bulls that have usually been passed, uh, been selected compared to these high dairy beef index bulls, calving difficulty was similar and also gestation length was similar. But where the big difference was, where we saw was these high dairy beef index bulls actually um, had much heavier carcass weight, um, younger days uh, to slaughter, and also a higher confirmation score. And it actually accounted to, if 
we'll say take a beef farmer, if he had 20 progeny, it accounts to over 800 euro more profit or revenue, I should say, for the dairy or the beef farmer, if he had calves from high, um, from high dairy beef index bulls compared to bulls just selected based on calving traits. That's great, Alan. And going forward into the future, what impact do you think that the dairy beef index will have or how, what will it deliver? So I suppose it's in the very, as you said at the start, the dairy beef index is only there now. This will be, it's going into its third uh, breeding season that it's available for dairy farmers. So I suppose update is, uptake is still as it's a new tool and with all new tools, um, farmers are a bit slow to uptake it. But over the years, I hope uptake increase. Um, and you can see that this will come maybe as we can see in the currently dairy farmers select really um, intensely on the EBI. So hopefully going forward in the future, they would use the DBI indexes and select as intensely in the DBI as they do in the um, EBI. And also I'd like to see is pedigree breeders is really to focus more on this and this is um, get the dairy beef index um, going and to have sires coming into AI stations, coming in stock bulls with a, uh, being available on this higher dairy beef index. And I suppose, finally, I suppose, and I suppose where the beef farmer would often find is that they don't have, all this is all controlled by the dairy farmer. It's the dairy farmer picks the beef bull. But what I'd be encouraging is beef farmers to get involved with their dairy farmer. So get, get a relationship with a dairy farmer going from future years, ensure you'll buy the cows, but also be involved with the selecting of the sires. So that the dairy farmer can select sires he's happy with, but also that the beef farmer is happy with the calves that he will get going forward. So I would really encourage that beef farmers would be proactive and ensuring that they're demanding these um, calves from the higher dairy beef index sires. Some very interesting points there, Alan. And Nikki, to continue on from what Alan has said, what impact can the dairy beef index have going forward, in your opinion? Yes, Catherine. I think the dairy beef index has been a great development and allows the identification of bulls with a balance of traits, you know, to bring about greater integration of the needs of both dairy and beef farmers. And really the beauty about the index is that it would allow the identification of the most appropriate individual bulls rather than, you know, traditionally picking breeds of bulls for, for use on the dairy herd. And that's going to be really important going forward, identifying, you know, a wider range of bulls to suit a wider range of systems. And that'll help, you know, flatten out the supply curve of when dairy beef animals become available for slaughter. And that is especially important, you know, to complement our seasonal uh, calving systems that we have in place in Ireland. And, you know, over the last number of years since the introduction of the Dairy Beef Index, you know, we, we probably have seen an increase in insemination and calf registrations of a wider range of sires with, you know, growth in uh, many breeds that wouldn't have been traditionally used on the dairy herd. And also, as Alan was saying, you know, and it's a really important element that, you know, the dairy beef index will help influence, you know, the next generation of stock bulls on farms. And that's going to have, you know, probably will have some of the biggest effect on improving the overall quality of our national dairy beef herd. Nikki, you touched on it there really with the farm systems. Will the dairy beef index have an impact on farm systems going forward? Yes, I think, uh, and when in conjunction with sex semen usage, I think that we will see, you know, the dairy beef index 
really, you know, help reduce the number of purebred dairy males uh, available for our production system. So that'll mean that we've, you know, higher value, higher carcass merit, beef bred animals uh, coming forward. And really when both of those are combined with sex semen, we'll see that, you know, some of these beef bulls can be used earlier in the breeding season. Uh, and that, you know, that will help support higher carcass output systems. Also, if we can get a higher proportion of beef calves, they'll bring greater, you know, farm system efficiency in terms of feed, carcass, and probably uh, at younger ages of slaughter in comparison to purebred dairy males. So the index will help us identify beef bulls that'll suit uh, dairy breeding programs from the very start of the breeding season. You highlight there some of the system efficiencies, such as the feed and carcass and younger age of slaughter. What traits are important into achieving these high performing systems? Yeah, I suppose every farm is different and different traits will mean different things to different systems. Um, so it's very important to study the sub indexes, uh, see what is important to your farm. Uh, but regardless of the system, I suppose all cattle are priced on the Euro grid system. So a strong emphasis on carcass confirmation, you know, to counteract that generally poor confirmation from the dairy influence in these animals, you know, that is going to be really, really important. And that's going to be really important, you know, to, to, to allow animals fully avail of the bonus and quality assurance price systems which are in place. And Alan touched on that earlier. You know, that is a, another component within the index, the, the bonus component to try and achieve an animal that produces a carcass you know, on spec. And generally what we need to see is animals that are, you know, grading uh, better than O minus on the grid to avail a full quality assurance and breed bonus payments wh where they are available. So really carcass confirmation is number one to increase the value of every kilo of beef, very similar to our fat and protein in a milk pricing scenario. And then when we look at carcass weight, it's also really important and we, but we have to ensure that we uh, have adequate confirmation to maximize the price of each kilo. And then we can use carcass weight, you know, to maximize the overall value of that animal and dilute down our cost of production, as well as the emissions that are produced and really achieve systems that are high output per animal or high output per, per hectare. And high carcass performance, you know, it must come on the back of an animal that is feed efficient. And that is reflected within the index in terms of the feed intake uh, sub index. And this is especially important, you know, to, to dairy beef animals to counteract that relatively high intake, poor conversion efficiency into carcass uh, that comes through from the dairy influence. So really the, the progeny um, of the animals selected for these traits must be able to fulfill, you know, th that potential from a grass-based system and, and utilize grazed and concerned forms of grass, you know, over a relatively short lifetime of 19 to 24 months. And really the index, you know, is developed on the back of that type of system and should help to identify the, the appropriate genetics to perform within it. I suppose, Nikki, given the traits that you've highlighted and the sub-indexes that they're really related to the finishing animal and maximizing value to the carcass, are calves with a high dairy beef index bulls, are they worth more a purchase then? I think Alan touched on it a little bit earlier on. He said, you know, the, the purpose of the index is to, to create a more saleable calf. And I'd certainly echo that, that that's our, uh, the real objective of it is to, 
produce a more saleable calf that's going to be capable of delivering for the farmer who takes the risk and purchasing him and bringing him through to slaughter. So really the, the focus of the index should be to increase calf, calf quality and the potential of that calf to deliver profit for the rarer. And really, if we can improve that calf quality, that'll help secure custom, you know, for at an early stage in the calf's life uh, to take pressure off labor, housing facilities on dairy farms by getting them moved off farm at an earlier stage. And to be able to do this, you know, without much variation within year or across years in terms of the demand for, for your calves. So really, you know, beef farmers uh, need to insist that nearly all beef calves are of a high genetic merit and from sires that are, have a high uh, dairy beef index, be it from AI or stock bulls, um, rather than adding a premium on calf price, this should be more looked at more so as a minimum requirement. Finally, Nikki, what is your research in Chagas Green shown in relation to the dairy beef index? Well, I suppose our trial in Grange, the current study was put in place, you know, prior to the, the launch of the dairy beef index. But if we just look at some of the animals that are enrolled in that study, and if we look at the, the top eight bulls versus the bottom eight bulls in that study for, for dairy beef index, we can see that there's a 30 euro difference in their overall dairy beef index. But when we look at the carcass performance, carcass value of those animals from the, the, the high and low dairy beef uh, animals that we have, uh, we can see that there was probably a 13 kilo carcass weight difference between the, the higher end of the scale of the dairy beef sires versus the lower end of the scale, or that equated to somewhere in the region of 50 euros difference in terms of carcass value. Um, so really, the overall dairy beef index takes into account what it's worth to the dairy farmer as well as the beef farmer. But just from that simple exercise of looking at them, you know, we can see that there is an advantage overall in those higher dairy beef uh, index categories in terms of carcass performance. That's great, Nikki. Thanks very much, Nikki and Alan, for joining me on the show. Okay, thanks very much, Catherine. Thanks very much, Catherine. Good to be on. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Nikki and Alan for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.